I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. This is today. Looks like you have to Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up? Good morning. It's a big day today. There's lots of NBA news going around that is like quasi-Thunder related, or at least like Thunder adjacent. Uh... We could talk about the team first and then get to those topics. So, okay. the, uh, <laughs> really slow playing this one. We're going to slow play these. <laughs> I know people have been really wanting to hear what you have to say about Mello. Uh, <laughs> and now all this Kevin Durant mess, I think people want to hear what you have to say too. But uh, we are a Thunder podcast, so we'll talk about the Thunder for a minute. They're eight and five. They sit at fourth in the Western Conference, uh, according to basketball reference. They are 19th in offensive rating, third in defensive rating. Uh, this is like a pretty good team, even without Russell Westbrook. Yeah, especially that Suns game was just cool. It was just <laughs> nice to watch. Even, even even when Phoenix made a run, you know, and it was a nice run, and they they cut it to single digits, I still like wasn't that worried. Yeah, like there was a little part of me that was, but the team was playing well enough where I was like, ah, they're, they're going to figure it out. It's going to be fine once Raymond Felton gets off the court. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> it, it was what was nice is like seeing them tested at least in that game to see how they yeah. respond because uh, they could be front runners and then just kind of give up once Phoenix I think they got within seven uh, and but they put them away at the end so I think that was really encouraging to see that the Thunder have that in them to okay you're but you are second you're gonna let you back in well we're gonna close the door on you because last season that didn't happen you know Russ and Paul George and Mello would come back in to a, like a two point game and it would stay like that against right. teams like Orlando and Charlotte and uh, all these teams that, that shouldn't happen against. Uh, now the Suns might just be maybe one of the two most terrible teams in the league. Uh, mostly because they just don't have a point guard. Like nobody can like distribute for that team at all. And I just, I mean, you cannot win basketball games like that. Uh, but I think we're going to, and the Thunder get to see uh, several of these teams in the next few weeks uh, are the worst of the league, but it's nice to see that they can actually beat up on some bad teams because last season it didn't happen very often. Yeah. And it's nice that they have a legitimate four guys who can score like in the upper teens every single game. Yeah. Like Steven Adams is kind of, the 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 fourth piece there because you know obviously Schroeder's been a scorer that's what he's done Mm -hmm. but Adams has consistently been a scorer in the early season and it's not always for an entire game sure (laughs) sometimes he just disappears not for his fault like he's still playing well uh defensively but um that's just been huge for this team to know that there's a guy inside like they can score in a different way 
Yeah. No, Adams has been really, really good. I feel like he's making a leap right now offensively. Uh, he's He's got such patience and poise in the post. That's a lot of P's. Patience and poise in the post. Um, <laughs> he's he's just been just phenomenal and his passing has been good. He just, it just seems like the game has really slowed down for him the past, probably like five or six games. It feels like it's really slowed down for him. Whereas in the past, I feel like he's gotten stripped a lot, especially after offensive rebounds. Uh, I don't feel like we've seen that quite as much. Maybe it's just the competition that he's facing, especially like Deandre Aiden just has no clue what to do with Steven Adams. I mean, Adams, it's not just Adams being super physical with him. It's Adams just being better at him at literally everything on the court. Yeah, it's so funny thinking about draft time, how like we were all obsessing over Aiton's body. Just like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this guy was carved out of stone. And then next to Steven Adams, it's like, wow, he actually looks like pretty skinny compared to Steven Adams. Right. Yeah, Adams is a monster. I mean, he, he is a literal monster. Uh, and he it's funny how he just continues to refuse to talk about himself. I think I talked about this on Friday on the podcast, but he, he, anytime you ask him a question about his stats or how he's performing, he'll just talk about the team, which is just so exciting for Sam Presti. Uh, well, you don't think we need to send him to Kobe Bryant camp next summer, <laughs> like Jason Tatum did. He'll come I, back just shooting mid range shots I, all game. I love that story. <laughs> it's just, it's a hilarious story that, Oh, Kobe Bryant has ruined Jason Tatum. <laughs> that narrative is so funny. Uh, it's it's great. It's so great. Uh, okay, so since Jeremy Grant has been the starter, mm-hmm. you know what he's shooting from three? Uh, I think I saw you tweet this out, but is it's like in the high 30s? It's for, he's shooting 40%. The past wow. nine games, he's shooting 40% from three on almost three attempts per game. That's great. Yeah. That's great, Jeremy. And then two pat is up to forty three percent going to the bench. And they were both awful to start the season. I I think I mean obviously it's not just like we switched roles and now we both can shoot good. Um right. I think it I mean this some of that's regression. And I mean Jeremy Grant is not a forty percent three point shooter. If he is, uh this team is gonna be really, really good. But if he lands at thirty five, I mean that's a huge win for the Thunder. If he can just make one, you know, one out of three, one out of four every game, I mean, that's a huge win for this team because then you have to guard him and you have to pay attention to him. So uh, I think that's a a huge development for this team and something to really watch for is what does his three-point shooting look like through the month of November because I think then we'll have a large enough sample size to say that he's maybe improved as a shooter or maybe uh, he's, you know, the same guy he was last season. But to me, it seems different his confidence shooting the ball is different. His, his shooting, I think he did do a good job of really correcting his balance and keeping his shot compact last season. But this season, it just looks different uh, with the way that he shoots it with confidence. Yeah, and this is this is really dumb and, and lame of me to say, but uh, you remember that play when Paul George did the alley-oop to Jeremy? Off the backboard? Uh, yeah. yeah, at the very end of the game. Yeah. Obviously, how could you forget? I mean, how could you? Um, I mean, it's dumb because we already got Paul George, like he already signed a contract, but seeing how he reacted 
And like seeing how happy he was yeah. with Jeremy just made me feel good. It just made me feel good. <laughs> I was just I so know. happy to see Paul George happy. I was like, oh, he really likes us. Right. <laughs> he really likes so us. So stupid. Mom, he likes me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he's, and I've talked about this a ton. Like this is Paul George's team. And if it feels like that last season, it was certainly still just Russell Westbrook's team. And it, you didn't, beyond that, it was kind of nebulous as to what was happening. It wasn't, I didn't even feel like last season was Billy Donovan's team, to be honest, you know, with the way right. that they played. And this season, you can tell that guys like Paul George and Billy Donovan are really putting their imprint on this roster, uh, which didn't happen at all last year. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, these guys that like last year, all we heard about was Paul, how Paul George is kind of taking Terrence Ferguson under his wing mm-hmm. and getting to see them interact and realizing that like, oh, this is actually this relationship's going to get to grow for like another couple of years. Right. And that's going to be hugely beneficial to Terrence Ferguson. Yeah. It's just nice being able to look ahead, like seeing where this team already is mm-hmm. and realizing how many of these guys are under contract for next year and the season after. It's just it's just very exciting, Andrew. It is. It's very it's very comforting. <laughs> it, it honestly is. With as uncertain as every single season was since 2016. Uh yeah. it's really nice to know. Like that, I saw yeah. uh Bobby Marks tweeted out something how 49% of the league may be free agents next July or wow. el- eligible to be free agents and just thinking about how chill our summer is going to be. <laughs> like we're going to have Alex Abrinas and I don't know, is there like Nerlens probably won't be coming back. Like yeah. it's just going to be a very like low key summer. We won't have to worry about it. Meanwhile, the league's going to be just be like falling apart. <laughs> there's going to be so many guys changing teams. And what's nice is that with that many free agents, there's going to be guys that miss out and that right. want to take like a Nerlens type contract. Especially so, big guys. Yeah. Oh, yes. And you're seeing like what a Brooke Lopez can do on a on the Bucks on a minimum yeah. deal. I mean, that's you could get players that quality, and even Ner- like Nerlens, as he's a good quality backup center. I mean, they can go find guys like that if Nerlens doesn't stay. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that Nerlens will stay past the season. But there's there's going to be options for this team for the backup center spot. I don't think that's a a real concern. Um, but yeah, yeah. There's there's currently five players averaging double digits for the Thunder right now, which I don't know have the history of what that looks like for the Thunder, but that seems like a high number. Yeah, that does. Um, and and the you know the bench guys haven't been great the last couple of games, no. which I blame on on Felton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I but like I think they're going to be fine once yeah. Westbrook comes back and Schroeder is able to run that offense again. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm not super worried about them. Like, Noel, I mean, he was fine against the Suns, but Noel's kind of had some bad games, especially from, like, plus minus. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not too worried about any of them. Yeah, I mean, Nerlens benefits greatly from playing with Dennis Schroeder because he knows how to throw a lob. And Raymond Felton, I, I don't even know when the last time he threw a lob was. And that's <laughs> the kind of player that they need, a guy that's going to run the pick and roll. And Ray, man, Ray is just not going to run a pick and roll. He's just not going to do it. He's just going to dribble into his own shots. And that's really what he's going to do. But, you know, this team, one through 10, and I would call Ray Felton their 11th man, uh, they're really solid. And when this team is healthy, and really once once uh, Robertson's back, 
they're going to have 11 guys that I feel like you can say, I don't mind if they're on the court. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's credit to Sam Presti and what he did with this team over the summer, because uh, it's been a long time since the Thunder have had a roster like that, where you're like, I really kind of trust all these guys to perform and give the right kind of effort and take the right kind of shots. And if they lose, it could just be because their their shots aren't falling tonight. And that's going to happen with this team. And we've seen it. Uh, you know, that happened against Dallas. Their shots just were not falling. I also don't think they had their legs that night. But, I mean, that's that's just going to be a reality of this team is that they're going to have nights where just the ball is just not falling. I can't believe they're a half game back of the Nuggets. I know. Who started 9-1. and one. That's, it's bizarre because a lot it's it's strange how much the first like two weeks shape our minds of the nba season yeah uh, because like you think of denver you're like oh man the thunder probably can't catch denver it's like well yeah they can and they might have a better record than than them by the end of november just with the nature of what the thunder's schedule is uh it is it is bizarre and really number one in the west golden state warriors then after that like who do you who would you say is the second best team in the Western Conference? Like I don't even know how to answer that question. Yeah, there's 11 teams over 500 in the West, and then Rockets are one of that are not above 500. So that's <laughs> another team that will be above 500. So yeah. that's 12 teams. And I don't know who I. I mean, obviously, I think the Kings are going to fall off. Yeah. Uh, there was a the Hoop Collective podcast, whatever that's called now. They did small sample size theater. Yeah, Brian Windhorst and, and the Hoop Collectives. Yeah, and they and they were sharing some stats. Uh, Kevin Arnovitz was about how the Kings are probably going to fall off soon. Yeah, but that's okay. Like they're still way outperforming what I thought they would do. Yeah, I I think the Grizzlies are like still good, yeah. and they've they haven't played a lot of home games yet. Like compared to the Trailblazers and the Warriors, have played the most amount of home games so far. They've each played nine home games, nine. and the Grizzlies. Yeah, and the Grizzlies have only played six. So, yeah, I think that they're going to be good. Like, I I don't know who's going to fall out of the playoffs, and it's going to be bad for whoever does. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, it's going to be a – I think it's going to end up being a team we don't even expect to that we predicted to be in the preseason top eight. Because right now, the Jazz, Lakers, Pelicans, and Rockets all sit outside. Like yeah, the, and you, even if you swap out one of them for the Kings, it's like, wow, that's still three of those teams are right, going to miss. Right. And the, and the Clippers look good. I know. The Clippers being good. I don't know. There's just too many good teams in the Western Conference. There's just way too many good teams. I mean, you look at the East, and I'm like, the East is, in, is improved at the top, but you get to seven, and the Pistons are only 500. You know? Yeah. The and Nets the most, are the eighth seed, and they're two games under 500. And the Hornets lost to the Cavs last night. Oh my gosh, that was so bad. That was just detestable. Ugh. They put gosh. up like 116 on them, I think. <laughs> yeah. This just makes no sense. That's just so crazy. Uh, you know what else is super crazy? <laughs> great, great lead in. What is it? Great transition. <laughs> it's the mule. With, with their, <laughs> they're super, they got some super crazy sandwiches. <laughs> like the macaroni pony the jalapeno cornbread chipotle barbecue pulled pork three cheese mac and cheese on a sandwich it's very what? good it's very delicious you got to go to the mule located in the plaza district near downtown okc you got to try their fried cheese curds they're unbelievable 
Uh, they have great vegan options, uh, and everything is super fresh and super creative. It's been voted the best uh, sandwich place in Oklahoma for the past like four or five years in a row, and that's for a reason. So you got to go check out the Mule. You can follow them on Instagram if you're if you've never been there. Uh, and you want to kind of see what they're all about. Their Instagram is a great follow, and it's at the Mule OKC. So support the people that support Down to Dunk, and go eat at the Mule. They have great fries. Their fries are good. Also, their onion rings. I, that's where I, that's my biggest struggle when I go there because I have my sandwiches that I really like. I really like the BCLT. I really like the macaroni pony. But then like the sides because they have their. Have you ever had their seasonal side? Uh, I have not. Because like every time it's so good and it's always fresh and it's always, it sounds almost every time it sounds a little strange, like the combinations are things and they have ingredients that I've never heard of usually because I'm not like a foodie. Um, but every time I just, I, I get it and it's always so good. So really anything you get there is good. Uh, you know, what's not good and that's really sick right now. Wow, look at listen to these transitions, folks. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, he's so sick. He's very sick. I'm worried about him. Really, the story shouldn't be about them trying to cut him. It should just be like, can we get Melo some antibiotics? We have to. He needs I'm worried he has the flu. He Andrew, he, he might. This could this could be viral. And when people when the doctor says that about my kids that it, that, that it's viral, you just got to wait it out. And you just got to try to keep them comfortable. Maybe that's what the Rockets are doing. Uh, Andrew, I am a little heartbroken about the Mellow experiment ending so soon. <laughs> I know. It's, it's November 14th. Uh, I really thought we were going to get a few months of this. I know. Um, and, and, you know, this is painful to admit, but for as much as I love to hate on Houston, the reality is that they're a good organization and they are probably never going to put up with a minimum player who is actively hurting their team on the court. Right. Like they have Harden locked up, CP3 is locked up, Capella's locked up. They were one game away from the finals last year. They have no incentive to put up with Melo if he's yeah. not going to work out. And whereas last year, like even if Melo had been on a minimum deal, I really doubt OKC would have made the same decision because last season was such a high leverage season. It was such a high risk year. I, I really think they probably would have just kept Mello around, but you know, this is not what I want to say, Andrew. But I, I think Houston's going to be fine. I know I think they're going to be fine. They beat the Nuggets last night. They did, and and, and they're yeah. if you, if you listen to like Rockets people, they were saying they were saying the same things that we were saying during our early like four game losing streak, which is like this team's just not hitting any shots right now. Yeah, like all of their good three point shooters were shooting below thirty percent. Yeah, And then all of a sudden last night, Chris Paul looks like himself again. And James Harden like kills a team at the end. Mm-hmm. And Clint Capella played well. P.J. Tucker made his threes. James Ennis made his threes. And all of a sudden they look like the Rockets again. It's very, it's very sad. It is. It is sad. We're, <laughs> hey, this may be our last week to read their, their stats. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'll savor it then. I'll savor it. You got to savor it. <laughs> be a uh, moment in time. Yeah. It's... It is crazy how quickly Mello has fallen off. I mean, last season or last summer, it in July it seemed like improbable that he'd even waive his no trade clause to come to OKC and like swallow his pride to do that. Yeah. And since then, he's been waived, he'll be waived twice, really in the span of like a year. 
by two good organizations. Uh, it's wild. And, and even though, yes, Melo is an obvious all-star and you legally have to say that every time you talk about him. But he was the biggest negative on this team. Like I've, I've read some articles about like how there's other issues going on with the Rockets, which is like partly true. But honestly, when you remove Melo from the situation, their team starts making a lot more sense, even if they're not as deep as last year, even if they're not as good as last year. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're able to play the way they always want to play. I don't. Did you see that Tom Habershow article about Russell Westbrook laughing at Carmelo? Well, yes. That so that was the part that like kept me from reading it for 24 hours. <laughs> I did not read it because of that because it's such a joke. It is. It's a huge joke. Like he tweeted out, if you didn't see it, this is how he introed his own article. He said, people enjoy lolling at Rockets Carmel Anthony, including Russell Westbrook. Yeah. But the Rockets have much deeper problems that have little to n- nothing to do with Mello. And then he had a little thing about how Russell was like giggling at Mello. Meanwhile, like Russell's hanging out with Mello before and after the game, whatever. Yeah, he's he's like cheering for his own teammate, Tom. <sighs> yeah. It was, that was so lame. That was so, like Tom Haversher, like he's a smart guy. Sometimes he has really great points, but he is the lamest guy. I, I, I almost feel like he's, you know how Woj like secretly hates LeBron and <laughs> yeah. it seeps into like everything he writes. I yeah. feel like that's Haberstrow with Westbrook, oh, yeah. but he, he, I did end up reading it and of course it was fine, but he had an interesting stat, which kind of surprised me, which is that Carmelo has already logged more career minutes than guys who played into their forties, such as Steve Nash to Kimbe Mutombo and Juwan Howard. Wow. So he's much older than he appears, even though I think he's only 34. Which must is be, only that's, isn't that a year stuff. older than Chris Paul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's only thirty four. So, yeah, so it's it's pro- it's probably the end. Although I don't know. Do you think another team will pick him up? I do. You do. I <laughs> okay. When, I don't know when it will happen. I mean, so we are going to get to talk about this again. <laughs> we are. I don't know who it's going to be. I think the uh, the internet's destination is the Washington Wizards. Obviously. Where you oh, compare God. him and Dwight Howard and Austin Rivers all on the same team, which sounds really, really fun and sounds just like a blog. Um, and I, I don't know if the Blazers would look at him because they were one of the teams that was trying to trade for him. Oh, I hope not. Um, I've heard the uh, Lakers how, are out. How would you rank him? Obviously, the Warriors would be the greatest if they went to if you went to the Warriors. <laughs> like, which team do we want Melo to ruin next? <laughs> Yes, the so Warriors would be number one. Warriors number I'd, one. I'd argue Jazz. Oh yeah, how <laughs> great would that be if he went to the Jazz? He <laughs> felt like they had to play him twenty to thirty minutes a night, and he mellow in Utah. And we get to play them in the first round and beat him in six. Um, that would be great. Even though they're they're already bad, uh, I'd love to see him on the Mavs. That seems like a Mark Cuban move. You know where he's going, where he could actually be good because guys just stay good if they're on this team is the San Antonio Spurs. And they would just embrace his mid-range jumpers. And they, like him, Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan. That that would be the grossest team of of early early to mid-aughts all-stars. Isn't, uh, I was going to look up the Spurs defensive rating aren't they really bad so far yeah they've they've bounced back a little bit from what i remember seeing 
last. I think they're still like in the twenties, but they started out the season as like as the worst. Oh wow, um, they're already up to the twelfth, so they're fine. Yeah, they're okay. And the, they're, they're the Spurs. Like they're just like a pretty good team. They're seven and five. They're just like they're okay. I, I just have no interest in watching them at all, though. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to Minnesota and play forty minutes a night. <laughs> And Derek Rose run the show while Pat watches. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there aren't a lot of options. I mean, if he wants to go to a team that is semi competitive. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, he could probably go to the Cavs if he wanted to. Yeah. Oh, that, that's just almost too sad to even imagine. Yeah. After like all the Cavs rumors of like him being traded there and, and even like right. people floating out the idea of like a Kevin love for Carmelo deal two years ago um, to now be like Melo's been waived by the Rockets three weeks into the season because he sucks now. (laughs) Now you Uh, could see him. I I feel like if he was going to go to a team where he went there knowing he's only getting like 10 minutes a game, Dwayne Wade's already been tweeting about Melo and defending. So, and I mean, Miami could make sense. Yeah. Miami could make sense. And the truth is that Melo's a problem, but he's not, the only problem in Houston, you know, right. he, he's the scapegoat for them. And I think things were naturally going to turn around for them, uh, just anyways. But now what really sucks for Mello is that it looks like, Oh, well now that Mello's gone, the Rockets can be good again. Uh, right. All of a sudden their shots start falling. Right. And Weird. Mello does not, and maybe he does control the shots falling and we just don't know about it. But to my knowledge, <laughs> he doesn't control shots going in or not. I don't know. We have two years of evidence now. <laughs> right. Okay. So now Kevin Durant is, <sighs> is battling with Draymond Green mm. in, a, mm-hmm. in a battle of the mentally weak. Mm. Uh, so it all started with this play at the end of the Clippers game, tie game, they're trying to to win the game, to not have to go to overtime. And Draymond Green, just Raymond Felton's the ball down the court, falls over, turnover, overtime. Good and Kevin, Kevin Durant could could just is just livid and cannot get over this. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Draymond Green takes exception to this and yells back at Kevin Durant. Big shocker that Draymond Green is yelling at somebody. <laughs> I mean, is anybody surprised by this? Um, but it's turned into a thing. It's turned into a big thing. They had like this fight in the locker room where his, Kevin Durant's free agency has been mentioned and whatnot. And I'm sure that's happened more than once. I'm sure this is not the first time that's happened, but then Draymond Green gets suspended. Like what, are, what are your thoughts so far on this story? Like what's it, what are your thoughts on really the suspension of Draymond Green? Right, because that's the whole story. Because yeah. honestly, when the news broke and even watching the video, like it's fun or whatever, but I wasn't ready to buy in. Yeah. Like, because from an outsider's perspective, I couldn't really see what was different this time. I actually went back and read that Ethan Strauss article about Draymond yeah. from like two summers ago. Mm-hmm. And this sort of thing happens throughout his career in Golden State. The most notable time actually being in the OKC locker room at halftime of the game when Steph hit that half court shot where armed guards almost enter the locker room because he was yelling at Steve Kerr so loud. Right. So when I first heard it, I said to myself, who cares? I'm not falling for this trap. Yeah. They're just going to use this for like the adversity card. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I, I I'm, I'm not doing it. Thing. Yeah. 
But then they suspend him, yeah. which like blew my mind, especially after reading that the suspension was essentially for what he said on the bench during the game. It, it doesn't sound like whatever happened in the locker room was that much more extreme than what happened on the bench. Mm-hmm. And there's no in- indication that anything else significant has happened outside of that. So basically this franchise, which has let Draymond act this way going back five years and, and, and largely to their credit, because he's been the heart and soul of this team. All of a sudden they decide that he's finally crossed the line <laughs> because he called Kevin Durant the B word. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> that can't be it, though. It's got there's there's got to be more that we just don't know. Because, okay, so this is from uh, Marks Thompson from the Athletic. Uh, you can actually go to theathletic.com backslash dunk and get forty percent off your subscription to the Athletic right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you should do that because you can get great content like this. So this is from <clears throat> uh, an article is unpacking it's titled unpacking the Draymond green kevin durant rift and what the fallout could mean long term uh so lots of great details but i think this one is super interesting um so management is holding fast to its stance that green crossed the line that can't be crossed some say it's just draymond being draymond at least two said that he didn't go too far attacking his teammate personally One player was even concerned that Green may have lost his authority in the locker room. The berating was so over the top. And here's a quote from this player who is unnamed. With what was said, there is already no way Durant is coming back, one player said. The only hope is that they can say this summer, CKD, we've got your back. We protected you from Draymond. Uh, now, Andrew, did he? Was there something in parentheses there about a voice you're supposed to use when you read that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I mean, my goodness, if this is where we're at, like you can resign with us because we protected you from Draymond. I mean, it's just. I mean, give me a break. Like that is so lame. Like Kevin Durant. I mean, the dude is so soft. If that's if that's where we're at right now, I mean, one, like he's leaving. You know. I mean, if that's their pitch to him, we protected you from Draymond. Right. Like, that's your pitch. Your pitch should be, we're the most dominant team to ever exist, and we can continue to be this dominant for the next four years if you you guys want to. But obviously, there's more to this whole situation. Uh, And when DeMarcus Cousins is looking like a sane person, like, we've reached just levels beyond crazy. Um, from Durant and from Draymond. Like, this is not just a Draymond issue. Like, they want to pretend that it's just a Draymond issue. And it's like, this is this is also a Durant issue. I mean, the dude has proven to be soft in a lot of ways. And this is, I, I mean, it feels like he's made up his mind, maybe even, that he wants to leave. Um, but someone, someone also, you know, showed, like the contrasting styles of the Warriors and Durant really showed through in that moment. I can't remember who tweeted it. Someone tweeted this. I think that covers the Warriors. But, you know, Durant wanted the ball so he could slowly dribble up and take a dagger three, like very Thunder style. Um, And Draymond (laughs) wanted to run the break with Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson on the wing and try to find a shot that way. Well, Durant was just too mad to do that. (laughs) He was standing there clapping his hands, sulking, and just watched Draymond fall over. Uh, and maybe Draymond did the wrong thing. That's, I mean, but in the end, like, who cares? Like, this is like one of 82, and you're playing the Clippers, 
I mean, it's not like this is the biggest deal ever, but they made it out to be just because Kevin Durant's kind of just a big baby. Yeah, and like I totally get this is weird to be defending Draymond Green, but like I <laughs> totally get his perspective because he's the only one on the team who would ever speak up about this, anyways. Like Clay and Steph are like ultimate professionals, it seems like, and they just want everything to be cool and everyone to be relaxed. Like they are the Warriors, like whole personality that we see from the outside. Meanwhile, like Draymond's the enforcer. Like he's the one, he's actually like at the core of this franchise and he's probably more of a reason why they have achieved so much of what they have. Like there was a really good anecdote in that Ethan Strauss story about when they had had, it was like an overtime or double overtime game in Boston. This is when they're on their like 24 game win streak. And after the game, the coaches are walking into the locker room prepared to tell the guys, Hey, we're going to sit you tomorrow night against Milwaukee. We're going to sit the starters because you guys have just been playing too much. I know we have this streak and they walk in there and Draymond's like screaming at everyone about how this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. They have to go for the, the wins record, like the streak record. Like that's who he is like, mm-hmm. and that personality is super important to what this team is. And the thing is that the Warriors won a ring without KD. They were arguably one play away from winning a second. Yep. And so he's the outspoken leader of this team. He's the heart and soul. He's the one who recruited KD yep. and he, along with Steph clay, Iggy and Livingston are the original warriors. They're the guys who made this franchise what it is. And then KD comes in and like, he's not a warrior. Like he, he never fully bought in. And you can tell that because he keeps doing these one year contracts. Like yep. Kevin Durant is a mercenary at this point. He's a hired gun. Like he's, he's a man without a team. Yes. And I really think one of the reasons he's going to leave is because he realizes that and he realizes I need to have like a team like who who am I going to whose jersey am I going to wear in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. And I would hope it's going to be whatever his next team is because so that he can actually define his own team. I mean, I thought he was going to do that in Oklahoma City and he was well on his way to doing that. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen now. Like, could you ever imagine him being in an OKC jersey for a Hall of Fame? I can't really at this point. It seems like the Warriors had the edge there. Not unless he returns. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he, he he's just, he's this hired gun. And like, that's what Draymond's so mad about. It's like, dude, you're not even really a part of this team. Like you're just this ancillary <laughs> piece, even though you're the second best player in the world. Right. Like, don't tell me what to do. Like, this is our team. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I get it from Draymond's point. Like I'm on team Draymond. <laughs> No, I, I, I get it too. And you know, what's scary if I'm the warriors, I think the scariest thing that's written in this Marcus Thompson piece, um, is that dream may have green may have lost his authority in the locker room. Like that's where it's like, Oh, okay. Like maybe they really won't win the title this year. Like if it's that broken because of whatever he said to Kevin Durant, I mean, there are teams out east. Like they could still, I, I still would would pick them to win the Western Conference. But like the Raptors are really good, and the Celtics, although they haven't looked good to start the season, they're gonna be really good. And the Sixers, they've got three guys now that are really really good, and so they're not gonna face a Cavs team in the NBA Finals that they're just gonna roll over. You know, yeah, that's just not gonna happen. And the Western Conference is gonna be as difficult as ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, I, I it's just it's so weird. And you know, if you want to be like the calm perspective, you can say, listen, 
it's one game. They have the whole rest of the season to work this out. Well, they also have a whole rest of the season for this to devolve even further. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm glad this, I'm almost glad this has happened so early in the season. Cause you know, I was talking about it in the preseason. Like you listen to Danny and Nate talk and you can already like sense the cracks in golden state starting to form. Mm-hmm. And this is just, a, this is a big crack coming in. <laughs> um, but it's it's a pattern that we're starting to see with this team. This isn't the same Warriors from like a couple years ago where everything is just cool and calm and relaxed and everyone plays for each other and strength in numbers and all that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in a new era of the Golden State Warriors, and I'm very excited. They could still win. They're still obviously a great team. But yeah. hey, shout out to all the Golden State beat writers for finally writing articles that I want to read. I'm so, I'm so excited. No. I'm like I'm like on Anthony Slater's Twitter feed, like, ooh, what's he have to say? I'm reading uh, Sam Espandiari, you know, that guy. I'm reading all his tweets. I'm reading Andy Liu's tweets, you know? <laughs> I'm just enjoying all of it. I know. I feel like I've had to have them, like, muted for years now. Just yeah, I'm going to go listen to that. There's so many good podcasts to listen to. Like, the, those guys did their Light Years podcast all uh-huh. about it, and apparently it's really good. I'm tuning into that. Oh, Got to tune into that. No, yeah. You have to. It's, yeah. It does feel like we're reaching the end of this Warriors dynasty. Right. Which is great for the NBA because, I mean... If next season Durant leaves in the summer and goes to the Knicks anywhere or anywhere else, like there's going to be four to six teams that you're going to say they could win the title. It's very possible that they could win the NBA title. And the really and the Thunder could be one of those teams. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like of all the teams, all these guys who are going to be free agents, we know OKC is going to have continuity going into next year. Like it's basically going to be this team coming back next year. Mm-hmm. So they're they're going to be well positioned. They will be. And you know, the, this team still has moves they can make and we have, you know, Terrence Ferguson, Hamadou Diallo developing. If the, both those guys can be players and the Thunder can bring back Alex Sabrinas, like they're going to have a nice a team that is 11 deep if Robertson's healthy and that is switchy. And if they can get any of these guys to hit threes with consistency, uh, like they're going to have a really solid team. And so, you know, Sam Presti is sitting back there kind of biding his time. I, I, I don't think anyone's under the illusion that they can win the title, any team other than the Warriors, they can win the title this year. But, you know, if, even if you're the Rockets, you're the Thunder, the Jazz, uh, and then you look at those, you know, those four teams out east, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, and Toronto, you're like, if we can keep our teams together, like there's a chance we could have a title in the next few years if this Warriors dynasty finally falls. Uh, and I think it'll be really a good thing for the NBA, especially if, if Katie went to the Knicks and like the Knicks were relevant again, you can put them into the mix and there's like five really good teams in the Eastern conference. And then there's still like a million good teams in the Western conference, but you don't really know who the best team is. I mean, that's something that people will tune in for because then like these regular season battles mean so much more, you know, when, if the thunder play the warriors, the Kevin Durant warriors in the regular season, like now it's like kind of fun. Like you have the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook crap. And like all the, all that's getting stale. It feels like, you know, when, the thunder go to the go play in golden state here pretty soon. Like, I, I don't know that I have that many feelings about it anymore, but if they play uh, that no. Warriors team without Durant, like, you're like, Oh, like I want to see who's better. 
Like, I just don't right. even know. I don't even know the answer to that question. I still think it could be the Warriors, but, you know, without Durant, I don't know. Because they would be without Durant and without Harrison Barnes, basically, at that point. And then what do they look like? And who's going to step up? Um, so it's, I, I mean, that would make the league very exciting. I think that we'd be heading, I mean, we have the potential next summer to have a very calm free agency summer for the Thunder, which is very exciting. Uh, and then the potential to have a league, you know, next season where, wow, like there's how many title contenders are there? Oh, there's, there's, there's more than one. Oh, that's amazing. Like we can actually feel like we watch the playoffs for a reason because it's felt it's, it feels inevitable still, like even with this Draymond stuff, like I'm not betting it's the Warriors to win the title. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it just it would be very interesting and be very, very great if all this came to fruition. Well, I'm just, I'm so excited that this is happening, Andrew. <laughs> it's just it's so nice. And, I, and I'm glad that it's a, it's a real thing. I mean, outside of the suspension, the thing that clued me into that this was actually real is, like I said, going to read all of those Golden State people. Right. And like none of them are downplaying it. Mm-hmm. None of them. Like the uh, Marcus Thompson, when he tweeted it out, he like made reference to the fact that like, ah, uh, this is actually real. Yeah. And that's just, you know, all we've heard out of Golden State is how perfect everything is and how like, ah, uh, this is what teams go through. And mm-hmm. Steve Kerr got punched by Michael Jordan. And <laughs> right. You know, that like this is what Marcus Thompson, the intro to his article was a turnover, a blow up, a suspension. What if this is how the Warriors dynasty goes down? This has become serious enough to be concerned about that. Like that is just not stuff you've heard out of this organization for the last five years. No. And there's been those blowups like you mentioned, um, but it's never felt like it's this serious. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, Alex, do you have a This Week in Thunder history? Yes. Andrew, this one, I, uh, this week I have a short and sweet This Week in Thunder history. So it's a sweet little anecdote, Andrew, that will make you nostalgic and make you say, oh, geez, remember that? Okay. So, Andrew, when we talk about the Thunder historically, one stat that we've discussed ad nauseum is OKC's assists per game, mm-hmm. right? OKC has never been a pass-happy offense, and back in November 2010, it was no different. The Thunder had averaged 16.4 assists per game in their first 10 games, which ranked dead last in the league. So before the November 17th game against the Rockets, Scotty Brooks made an offer to his players. If you get at least 20 assists against Houston, I will cancel tomorrow's practice. (laughs) The Thunder would go on to have a season high 26 assists in the 116-99 victory over the Rockets. Scotty should be saying that a lot, forward Kevin Durant said, of potential future deals involving no practice. Maybe he should tell us that every game, guard Eric Maynard said. (laughs) Uh, I just thought that was funny because... Like, this is something we complained about all the time. And we probably didn't know that at the time that he had made this deal. We were probably just like, oh, the the offense is kind of humming tonight. (laughs) Because these guys could do it. They just didn't for so many years. No. And I I feel like we're finally seeing that, like, that that imaginary offense that we've always wanted actually coming to fruition. Yeah. I mean, every time I was in the Thunder locker room last season... These two phrases were written on the on the whiteboard in there. Ball movement, player movement. Every single game. And we didn't right. see it in any games, it felt like. And now we're finally seeing it. 
Like, and you're and you're seeing it in these games without Westbrook. That like part of that issue is Felton running that second unit, and what a huge difference it makes when Schroeder is running that unit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. He's a super fun follow if you are a Thunder fan, so be sure you go follow him. Follow us on Twitter at DownToDunk. You can leave us a five-star iTunes review. You guys have done so, so well. We're up over 700. Let's keep going. Just keep going. You can, uh, If you have an iPhone, it's super easy. Click on the podcast app, search Down to Dunk, hit five stars, boom, very simple. can take you less than a minute to do it. So please take some time to do that today to support us. Go eat at the mule. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.